Welcome to Taxi Squad Podcast. I'm here with my boy Al. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to however you're listening. We're about to go in on our post-draft thoughts. Al, tell me how you're feeling about the Jacksonville Jaguars draft. Uh, feeling good. Uh, like you said, man, we have our uh, Messiah. Basically, man, I loved, I loved everything about it, um, except the first-round pick behind him, his teammate, Travis Etienne, man, running backs. Are a dime a dozen these days, man. Picking him a little higher than I believe, but everything else, man, we got a great safety ball hawk, a great corner out of Georgia, uh, the pair up with C.J. Henderson, and um, also uh, Shaquille Griffin from Seattle. So I'm super excited, man. When I believe if you if you don't have a Super Bowl contender team, I kind of feel like potential is the next best thing a fan can get hyped about. When you're in the middle. It can, uh, it can, the seasons can really drag on along together, but when you got a future, you get you get hyped, you get excited about it, man. So, so Jaguar fan, man, I'm super excited, super hyped. And uh, what about you, man? I know the Bears pulled off something that you were not expecting. How do you feel about that? Oh man, none of us were expecting that. I I urge everybody to go check out that reaction video at Brotopia seventy four on TikTok. We all lost our minds. I mean, for real though, it was. Um, it was 100% a shock. I don't think any of us saw that coming. It was definitely something where we needed a big change and we needed it to be something that was monumental. And uh, I give it I give it all to, to the coaching and, and to the GM. Uh, finally, they pulled their head out of their asses and, and made a pick that was worthwhile. So I'm, I'm really stoked for it. I, I really feel as if that... Uh, you know, looking at this entire draft and then looking at where these two guys come from. So if we're just going to compare to real quick, you know, we are both in dire need of a quarterback <laughs> in both situations. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, 1-1-A one, one coming out of high school into the next level. Uh, and then it's seemingly looking at that way uh, coming into the NFL. But then again, there's guys taken before them like Trey Lance and I mean, hey, I think he was a perfect fit. If they listen to the pre-draft talk, they will understand where I thought Trey Lance was going from the jump. I was saying it's the 49ers 100%. But then again, you know, this whole smokescreen of Mac Jones, this, that. But, hey, I'm just blessed to say that this kid dropped to us. I'm not going to name him as the Messiah quite yet. But I do feel as if that he has the potential to be a Russell Wilson, to be a Patty Mahomes, to be that guy. I don't think I would be uh, mixing words if I said that you're not a huge uh, Ryan Pace fan, right? <laughs> Needless to say, I don't think any Bears fan at this point in time is a huge Ryan Pace fan. Uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, the guy has uh, hit on anything but offensive players in his tenure with the Chicago Bears, with the Mitchell Trubisky picks. I mean, David Montgomery is still suspect. He still hasn't really shown us uh, what he is supposed to be quite yet. So I just feel as if that uh, this pick was more Matt Nagy than it was anything. If it if it was Ryan Pace, I'd be very surprised. But, you know, I feel as if Nagy has that tutelage under Andy Reid where he gets everybody's opinion in the room and then makes his decision. And if you look back at the pre-draft process of this, all these reports I've been reading, Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, and Matt Nagy are really close. Like, they go way, way back. They competed against each other in college. I don't know if you've read this I at all. I did not. No, I didn't. Yeah, so 
I guess it all it all goes back with Nagy and Ryan Day to like college. They competed against each other and were like close friends. Both were quarterbacks and both were guys who, you know, just couldn't get to the next level, but ended up getting up in a in a coaching tree and getting to the point where they have that communication to this day. So the story goes from what I understand, and this is from what I read and what I listen to, is that last season, Matt Nagy called Ryan Day and said, okay, who are your top two prospects coming out? So Jeff Okuda was one, right? And then Chase Young was another. Right. Of course, Chase Young is a generational talent. He's Julius Peppers. He's, you know, potentially Reggie White. We're not going to crown the kid quite yet. He's quite amazing, though. Right. But one person who came up in that conversation was Justin Fields. Wow. So to hear that as a Bears fan, like to hear that 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 head coach had that much conviction on this kid to say, this is the guy. I mean, for me as a Bears fan, we're over the, I mean, we're just over the top with this whole thing. It's just now getting to a point where it's like, all right, prove it. Right. Okay. Well, let's, let's push your feet to the fire. Then I need an answer. Then all the quarter, five quarterbacks taken in the first round, rank them, their situation there. Let's do first three years. Well, you know what? Who's going to get their player, their option picked up? Who do you think is going to be the buzz? Who has the biggest buzz potential? Biggest buzz potential in my eyes, and I mean, I don't mean to hate on the kid. I think he's, uh, I think he's legit as legit could be. Um, I just think he's more of a system quarterback. I think he's Josh Rosen. I think he's Rex Grossman. I think he's Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's a product of his environment. No offense, but I, I do think it's Mac Jones. I think it's the highest buzz potential period because. I mean, you play in a Nick Saban system and for a year, have a really good year with a ton of talent around you. I just don't understand how that is something that can just be measured on a scale of the rest of these guys. That is very true. Alabama receiving core has first uh, four first round picks wide receivers. It's it's not even that, bro. It's It's the defense. It's the offensive line. It's the... It's all of it. I mean, it's 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 not even to a point where like Bama like reloads and go. It's like they just redistribute the talent in a different way where it's just unmistakable on every level. It's it's saving. I disagree. I think the biggest you disagree. biggest quarterback, man, with the biggest bust potential is Zach Wilson. I don't see what really see what these people seeing him really looking at his stats man i feel like he's a one-hit wonder now i've been wrong before i was all off on joe burrow i didn't think he was going to do anything in the league obviously he got hurt his rookie year i thought that lsu game uh season was a was a fluke but wilson man i just, i don't believe in it man i don't believe in the games uh first year he had 12 touchdowns three interceptions Sophomore year, he had 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions. And, I mean, he just popped. He did pop, but it was during the pandemic year. They didn't really – they played conference only. I I don't see it, man. And going to the Jets where you got Robert Sala, a defensive-minded coach, they have some weapons, but they don't have weapons where, like, he can flourish. Uh, And he's the type of quarterback, too, when the pocket gets bad, he tends to run. The things that they say he's special in, I don't see it. If you don't have that Lamar Jackson speed, 
that Pat well, I get Pat Mahomes. I get he can run. Pat Mahomes can run too. I think Zach Wilson has the biggest potential, honestly. Bus. Well, I think a lot of it's based on environment, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Right. I feel as if Wilson, to me, wasn't that big of an upgrade to Sam Darnold. I kind of feel as if it's like one of these scenarios where you're looking at the situation and you're like, um, okay. I'm not truly understanding what the thought process was from getting rid of Sam Darnold to drafting this kid because it's like a shorter version of Sam Darnold. Right. Um, I can agree with where you're coming from, but then again, a lot of it's just going to be like who can who can harness the talent and make the most of it, and that's the whole thing at the next level. Because who's to say that you know a guy like Mitch, hey. RIP at this point, he's going to be a backup probably for the rest of his career, minus a miracle. But, you know, who's to say if somebody else got their hands on him, he wouldn't be something different? I just, I understand. I I feel as if that he does have the biggest bust potential. He has a high ceiling. I feel as if he has talent, but I do feel as if it's a stretch. I mean, I feel as if he came out early. He wasn't necessarily ready. He probably could have played another year in college to prove himself. Right. I just didn't feel as if it was the the pick to take at two, and and that's the savior of your franchise in my eyes. And, and maybe I'm a little jaded, but I do feel as if that Justin Fields was the better of the two quarterbacks if you're really going to break down the tape. Absolutely. And let's be real. I think that a lot of these GMs, man, they overthink a lot of things, man. There's not too many quarterbacks who – is playing are playing with garbage and actually can lift a team. I mean, John Elway, Peyton Manning from a certain extent, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was playing with absolute garbage. And of course, uh, the GOAT Tom Brady. So there's not too many quarterbacks that can actually like lift their team up around. They have to have talent around them. And I think to ask a rookie quarterback or a quarterback coming in young um to kind of do that and have the workload. I think it's very tough, man. And I think uh, when you're not playing, now I won't say I won't say the conference that you play in determines that because we've seen a lot of SCC, uh, SEC talent quarterbacks, a lot of Pac-10 and all these other quarterbacks um, falter. But I do think it matters. Like Mitchell Trubisky was in the ACC, and Deshaun Watson was in the same conference and dominated it. So why are the Bears taking Trubisky? I think these GMs overthink it, and it makes them look stupid in the end, honestly. No, I'm with you. I I really do feel as if it is a lot of overthinking with this. I I mean, you know, when Dabo Sweeney's coming out saying shit like, hey, if you don't take Deshaun Watson, you're missing out on Michael Jordan of the draft. And this audience will realize the difference of what Michael Jordan and LeBron James is shortly. But regardless of all that, um, I do understand – where you're coming from, where these guys do get to a point where they have enough conviction on someone where like, it doesn't matter what the tape says. It doesn't matter what the stats say. They're going to take who they're going to take and whether or not you like it or not, that's what it's going to be. Um, we'll see at this point, it's just, who's going to prove it at the next level because we've seen bus. I mean, we've seen Ryan Leafs. We've seen Byron left, we've seen all that. I mean, it's all happened in the past where, Guys came out that were just supposed to be the next level. Jamarcus Russell. I mean, it's it's all bust potential at the end of the day as to who wants it most. And I really that's 
that's my thing. It's like it's like there's all this all this noise that comes out in particular with Justin Fields. It's like you see all these comments and all these critiques of, oh, an Ohio State quarterback has never been anything in the next level. Okay, well, a Texas Tech quarterback wasn't anything at the next level right. until Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, okay. I mean, the next Texas Tech quarterback that even played in the league was Cliff Kingsbury, and now he's a coach, and he was Tom Brady's backup in New England. So it's like, it's silly. I mean, anybody can say what they want, but the these boys got to come out. They got to prove it. And they're kids, basically. At this stage of the game, they are kids. I mean, you look at a kid like Trey Lance, in my opinion, I think he has overall the most pressure on him, more so than anybody. I really do. He has to learn a system, uh, an offense, the entire thing, make it work. And if he doesn't, that's everybody's ass. But then again, if we could look at it, Justin Fields may be the guy that has the most pressure because we're a franchise clamoring for success at the quarterback position. But I think you guys will be a little bit more patient with Fields. Um, I kind of feel like Lance as well. Garoppolo, the fact that he came out uh, right after the draft and said that he's going to mentor him, I think that gives him a little bit more patience. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Lance is the youngest out of the quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. No, he is. He truly is. Okay. Yeah, no, he he's like 20 years old. He's a baby. Okay, so yeah, I'm going back to who I just said who has the biggest bust potential, Wilson. Um, Jets yeah. have no veteran quarterback, nobody that can mentor him. Uh, that New York market media, I know the Chicago media is hell too, but nothing's like New York. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, I feel like if he gets off to a shaky start, like – there's no really like to me. I feel like, say for an example, Fields plays, but I feel like the moment Fields comes in, he's gonna stay. But say for an example, something happens, like the, the whole uh, tour experiment last year. You can kind of put Fitzpatrick back in. I think you can put Dalton back in if Fields. Th- you have nobody with the Jets. If Wilson throws four picks, he throws four picks, and guess what? He's playing next week. So I think they're gonna feed him to the Wolves. Jacksonville, man, we we we're so soft. You know, we have sports insecurities, man. I think as long as Trevor Lawrence comes in and shows us something better than we saw with Mark Brunel, we're, we're really not going to give it a damn that he was the first overall pick. Hey, hey, shout out to Mark Brunel. Let's not discount Mark Brunel. He's the only guy who's ever got you to the point next to Gerard. You know what I mean? So, like, like let's just. That's true, but we never, Jaguars never had a top 10 quarterback. I don't think I don't think Brunel in his prime was a top 10 quarterback just by looking. At- I, I mean. For, you got to give the guy some credit for a left-handed quarterback. I mean, he was legit. I mean, hey, it's not—it's no level to what the Bears have had. We've had nobody, and I mean, if you want to consider Jay Cutler as somebody, uh, I, I ain't even going there because I could riff all day on that. But let's let's segue to the next topic. You know, in your opinion, who is your like three teams that won the draft? If you, if you're going to look at this from an outsider's perspective, who are your three teams that just like won this draft? In your opinion, Patriots. Panthers, and I would say the Vikings. The Vikings? Vikings, yes. I like what the Vikings. The fucking Vikings? <laughs> I like what the Vikings. Are you, are you poking the bear right now? <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking Vikings. Okay, let's just start there. Why the Vikings? Can you – why the Vikings? You – really? Yeah, really, really. I can go down and I, I got I got points. 
Let me start off. Okay, go go. Let's let's start points. Okay, let's go. Let me start with the Patriots first, and I'll make it down to Minnesota. How about that? So no 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 no. I asked you a specific question. Why the Minnesota Vikings? Because you want to pick on the NFC North. Let's pick on the NFC North. Okay. Why the Minnesota Vikings? So, obviously, they didn't address the quarterback issue to me, which is obviously the number one thing they should have because I think Kirk Cousin absolutely sucks ass. But I do feel like with them trading with the um, the, 14th, the 14th overall pick to the Jets, I feel like it's more draft capital. I'm the type of person that feels like they got more capital. They were able to get a tackle. They were able to protect Kirk Cousins. Um, I just feel like they they did it smartly. I don't think they really reached for anybody because they were in that mid, um, mid like mid draft. I just felt like they didn't reach for anybody because it wasn't really anybody they really needed personally. So I just feel like they got draft capital. I thought they they moved smart. So you're looking at it as more of a trade standpoint, and you're and you're looking at this. So let me ask you this: out of all the second round, third round quarterbacks, do you think Kellen Mond is really the guy? Could be. I mean, hey, I was high on Kellen Mond. I'm not saying I hate to pick it at, you know, round three, pick two. But, you know, it's one of these situations where it's like, yeah, I guess I get it. But then again, okay, okay. All right, so your three was Minnesota. And then what else was it again? Carolina and the Patriots. Okay, tell me why the Patriots. I'm curious. Uh, Obviously, like I said, Mac Jones, I felt like they honestly, reading all the mock drafts, and that's why you got to stop reading all this shit because they have you overthinking things too. I was thinking the Patriots are going to give up the house and move up. I actually read a report that they were going to give up Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys at 10 straight up to draft Mac Jones. And look what happened. They just sat there at 15th and got him. And honestly, I think they're the winners of the entire offseason. All the money they spent in free agency. Oh, yeah, that's easy to say. In my opinion, I mean, if you really look at it, Mac Jones, yeah, they fell to him, but he's it's not like he's starting this year. I don't think he sees the field this year. I don't even see it. Honestly, I think Lance and and Jones do not see the field this year. I think Lance has a better potential better potential to see the field than Jones. I don't think honestly if they're smart cuz you know what okay let me ask you a question. I'm not in Chicago so I don't really know. Is is this like a hot seat for Nagy? Like does he does he need to have a Oh, the pressure is on, bro. All right, then the fine. pressure is on. Okay. Why do you think they had to make the moves that they did? Why do you think they just didn't wait around for you know a Kellen Mond or a Kyle Trask or a Davis Mills? No, 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 no. They needed to go get the fucking guy, and if they didn't, everybody's job was on the line. Okay, well, that's why they that's why they mortgaged the whole fucking future on this kid. Yeah, I was I was gonna say um, I was gonna say Fields wasn't gonna see the field. No pun intended, either. But if yeah, if you're saying that their jobs are on the line, um, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think Fields may have the most pressure because every other coaching staff is not on the hot seat. Kyle Shanahan isn't going anywhere. Urban is. Robert Robert Sala just got there, and then Bill Bill Belichick. I mean, he could die there in in New England. So um, yeah, yeah, I think Fields may may have the most pressure. If he's trying to save a coach's job. No, I, I do foresee this. I mean, listen, if if this season doesn't work 
with Fields, with Nagy, everybody's going to get shit-canned. Fields will stay. And then here's what I could anticipate. This is a big-ass bold prediction. But if Matt Nagy is fired in 2021, at the end of the 2021 season, do not be surprised if Ryan Day is not the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Really? Think about it. Midwest, a young head coach, already has familiar ties to a quarterback that was drafted, that was in his system, the whole shot. Come hey, a few hours into Chicago. First. You heard it here first. I'm, I'm, you heard it here first. Just saying. Okay. If it doesn't work with Matt Nagy, Ryan Day is the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Not a doubt in my mind. Mm, that's a hot take right there. They love pulling Midwest people. They love this shit. They do. It's happened in the past. It wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. That's just a hot take off the top of the dome. But what I will say is that Justin Fields, looking at this, I think you're exactly right. I think he does have the most pressure because a lot of people are relying on him to be the Messiah, end quote. I do feel as if Fields sees the field next to Lawrence first, more so than anybody. Um, Maybe, I I guess you could, if you're going to put it in a a time frame, um, Fields and Wilson, day one starters, right? Or not Fields and Wilson, Lawrence and Wilson, day one starters. No question. No question in my mind. I mean, that's 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 already known. But now beyond that, Lance and Fields and Mac Jones are the guys that are like, okay, they have in technic and, and as a technicality, they have time. Right? Right. So Trey Lance will sit behind Jimmy G until Jimmy G goes down. It's inevitable. He's right. made a glass. He'll go down by like week four or five. It's just <laughs> bound to happen. Right. Yeah. Talk about you here. You heard it here first for the fantasy guys. Um, beyond that point, um, I do think Fields at the first sign of trouble at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears, whether Dalton throws four picks or he just sucks it up or whatever it is, we need a game like just a a pace change. Um, Fields will see the. No pun intended. See the field pretty quick. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. I, you know what? I kind of feel like if Garoppolo goes down, right, I feel like Trey Lance is going to pull a uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Like if he takes over the team, obviously they're not getting Oh, no. He's not. There ain't no going back. Yeah, but I feel like they can go on a run like 15-1, and one, you know, like they did with uh, Roethlisberger when he took over and lost to the Patriots. In like the division round, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I haven't I don't remember a rookie I don't remember a Super Bowl contending team picking a quarterback that high. I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't think like they if if, if everybody stays healthy, especially on the defensive end, they're they're right up there to, to compete. Um with the Bucks, I guess you want to say the Cowboys. Are we talking about the NFC South right now? No, just in general. I just feel like they can compete like See, I don't think Seattle. I think Seattle's going to fall back. You know what? You heard it here first. I think the 49 is going to win a division. Really? Really. Really, really, really. Even if A-Rodge decides, you know what? I'm going to drop the drama. I'm coming back. Fuck it. Like you re- like what you just said, I think he's going to do it on the field. He's going You know what? I think Rodgers out of anybody that I can think of can will pull a James Harden on the field. Coming to training camp out of shape, don't give a fuck. Changing plays nah. with Matt LaFleur. Try- yeah, 
I think uh, he, I think the bridge is burned, and I think he's going to Denver. Honestly, I mean he's borderline on the on like the misconduct policy shit. Like for real though, like he is in my opinion. Like he's on the fucking borderline of like you're like this close as to being the conduct detrimental to the team sort of shit. Um, what I will say is if Aaron Rodgers is with the Packers organization, they're going to win the NFC. Really? Um, next okay. to Tom, okay. they're, they're, those are the two teams that I could see like being there in the very end. The Bears might be a wild card. The Bears might be capable of pulling off an NFC North divisional title if they do um, not have <laughs> – if they, if they don't have Aaron Rodgers to compete with, basically. Right. I don't know um, about Cousins. Um, no, never- Cousins doesn't scare me. We've shut him down in our worst of years, and he's just trash. So I'm not worried about Kirk Cousins. What I will say is that if Lance catches lightning in a bottle, I see what you're saying. I just I feel as if Kyle Shanahan has been looking for his RG3 ever since RG3, and this is his RG3, and I don't think he's going to fuck it up a second time. His rookie year? I mean, <sighs> I thought he was the future. Like Everybody did. He, he was, I mean, he was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. I mean. He was the second coming of Mike Vick. Yeah. Like, no one had seen that before. Period. Period. No one had seen that shit before. So for me, it's like great goddamn take. I'm thinking about it right now. He is not going to fuck this up a second time. He technically has that right here, right now. He's got a kid who can process information. He's got a kid who can learn a playbook. Is fast. Is got a cannon of an arm. I mean, I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. These for all these quarterbacks. Like you said, Wilson, Lawrence, let's just take them out of the equation. They're starting regardless. If you're reading reports, training camp, uh, mini camp, rookie, OTAs, whatever, these fucking fields is blowing it out. I mean, just exceeding all expectations. He's starting day one or you still starting Dalton? Um. I mean, a lot of animals. A lot of animals. Raving about him, like, oh my god, he's like, he knows the playbook, all that. Do you want him starting? Do okay, fanboy prediction. Do you want him starting, or like realistically? Let me get both. Why not? Fanboy, I want him to start day one. No two bones about it. I want him to be the fucking guy. Even though dog but, promise. Okay, realistically now. Realistically, Andy Dalton's going to start into the bye week. That's going to happen. Inevitable. Unless he goes down with an injury. Right. Or just shits the bed that bad. That's it. Right there. Unless he is just like dog shit awful and doesn't get it, it's over. It it will be drawn out to a point where it's like the bye week's going to come along. They're like, wow, Justin Fields looks really good. The Chicago media will be covering it, covering it, covering it, covering it. And then eventually Matt Nagy will come out and say, yep. That's the guy. That's how it's going to work. I've been too involved with this local press to not know what's going to happen. And that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be like a bye week. Like, oh, Andy, thank you for your time, but ride the bench now. Are they, like I said, I'm not in Chicago, so I can't really feel. I don't really know the team that well. Do they kind of, 
succumb to like fan pressure and media pressure when they want certain things or are they, I don't know. It's more so, it's more so management and ownership. Okay. Okay. You have to remember an 85 year old woman owns the Chicago bears. And if she gets pissed off and she doesn't like what she sees, she's going to say fucking change it. Right. And change it fast. I like it, man. Like I said, I feel like fields is the only quarterback that can overtake his starter. I feel like Cam Newton is in. I feel like Garoppolo's in. Like I said, we're taking Wilson and Lawrence out. I feel yeah, like- take those two out. Yeah, take the totally out of the question. If we're just looking at those two situations as a whole, or three situations as, as a whole, I feel Fields sees it first. He sees that pressure first before anybody. Because I think Cam is going to come in. He's going to figure it out year two. He's going to get to that next step. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like uh, – and he was decent, like I said, at the beginning of the year. I feel like COVID kind of shut him down a little bit. And I just think Bill Belichick won't embarrass like a former league MVP that way. I think they'll let him ease in. Uh, and then I heard that Josh McDaniel's offense, the Patriots' offense, is kind of complex. So unless Mac Jones just come in and do backflips in the in the quarterback room, I think Cam will start day one. Oh, Cam's definitely starting day one. I mean, now we're now we're just back to this like if if you're gonna look at your losers of the draft, who are you feeling as if like totally just fuck this up? If 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 we're now just gonna look at people potentially fucking shit up, which is kind of like what we're on right now. Who totally fucked up this draft? Who 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 will you look back on and be like, wow, that was really nothing that helped you? Cincinnati. I mean, you Cincinnati. Got, you got your franchise quarterback. Why didn't you get a generational offensive lineman to protect them for the next 15 years? He, he didn't finish the goddamn season because he was hurt. <laughs> And you go to another weapon? I don't understand. I I, I scratched my head when I saw it. Everybody and their mama said that they were drafting a receiver. I said, there's no fucking way the Bengals is fucking this up. They got their quarterback. I don't understand. Hey, Al, they were like, you want to see us fuck this up? (laughs) Jamar Chase. You bought a Bentley. Why didn't you get insurance? I don't get it. He's going to have two scars now. Hey, man, if, if he goes down again, I mean, Eventually, I don't care how young you are. Eventually, the older you get, you start you start seeing ghosts. Like if he gets hit too much, I mean, it affects you as a quarterback. I don't understand what they're doing. I hope they got a plan. Because I mean, he's I don't I mean, like I understand your criticism in some in some point, but like then again, I mean, they did in the second round. They they got an offensive tackle, Jackson Carmine, Clemson. Solid pick, safe pick, nothing to like, you know, shake up the draft boards. They didn't go up and get a Tevin Jenkins. Shout out Chicago Bears. But then again, like they got a guy who's a formidable, you know, bookend that can protect Joey V. And I feel as if that like that was a smart pick. I just kind of felt as if they wanted to do right by their guy. They're like, yeah, hey, we fucked you up this year. Uh, Here's a little. Here's a little uh, parting piece with that. We'll get you your guy that you like to throw the football to. But there's a lot of guys coming in here who are all SEC boys. You know, if you look at it, LSU, Clemson, it's interesting. T. Higgins last year coming in, another SEC guy. Um, who else other than the Bengals? Who, who's another loser for you? Uh, the Dolphins. 
Um, I feel like they, even though they traded back, I don't really think they got who they wanted. Um, I feel like they don't believe in Tua, honestly. I, I think they were trying to – even now, I'm hearing reports they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't think that the team that they have currently constructed and who they drafted, I think they reached on a lot of picks. And I guess it was okay. I mean, I guess I'm talking out of both sides of my neck because at one point I kind of like the Vikings trading back and getting capital, and I'm criticizing the Dolphins for doing the same thing. Right. Yeah, but then again, it's a little different. They did that before the draft. It wasn't like they did that in the draft where it was like a, a real feel. Jalen Waddle, I feel as if, was somebody they were like, okay, here is your guy, Tua. Don't fuck it up. Exactly. And then, you know, like second round, they take the, the Notre Dame tackle, which I think is a genius pick. I mean, you got to. You got to make sure that that offensive line is something that is formidable, that is solid moving forward. Liam Meikenberg, I like that pick a lot. I think that's a smart pick. I think the kid's got good bones. I think it's a safe, like, you know you can put this kid in and he's just going to fuck people up, basically. Right, right, right. Same here. So, what? Are, okay, so what are your, who are your losers? My losers? I'm looking at the Cowboys. Just due to the fact that, like, why are you drafting two linebackers in the first and second round? Or in the first to, to third rounds? Like, why why are you drafting multiple linebackers when your linebacker room is already full? Right. It doesn't make sense. The cornerback makes sense because you needed a corner. And if they were smart in my eyes, you would have traded up to know, like, okay, I got to go get a J.C. Horn. I got to go get a Patrick Sutan. But, like, they didn't do that. They just waited and they were like uh okay we'll we'll add another outside linebacker to the mix i don't see it working i just don't see it making sense yeah micah parsons is a super athletic hit but do you need another inside linebacker because then you did the same thing at pick three right it doesn't make sense at at the third round you did the same thing You, you took another inside linebacker uh, well, they, you know, obviously they were craving for a secondary corner, uh, something in the secondary. And basically after both Alabama uh, – no, I'm sorry, Alabama and the South Carolina corner both got taken out. I don't really think they had a plan. Uh, I think Jerry was pissed and kind of reached. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know what is interesting? And I don't know if anybody's seen this, but if you pay attention to it, Where did Trey Sermon go? Trey Sermon. Check this out. Trey Sermon. I'm looking at the draft board right now. Trey Sermon, former OU running back, went in the third round to the San Francisco 49ers. No fucking way. Yeah, dude. Pick number 88. Like, that's impressive. I did not even see that. I'm looking at the draft board right now, and I'm like, no shit. He gets taken against. He gets taken above Anthony Schwartz. I mean, he gets taken above some major talent, and it's like, okay, I guess I see it. That's an interesting pick to me. Moving forward, my next loser in the draft, the Packers. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a Bears fan, but it just none of it makes sense. Right, 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 right. If you're trying to keep your boy in-house, why don't you move up and go get uh, Jalen Waddle? Why don't you move up and go get a Jamar Chase? Why don't you move up and go get a Devontae Smith? Fuck, dude, 
the I mean for real though, the Eagles literally moved up two picks to take Devontae Smith. Right. Like throw him a fucking like throw him a bone, you know, I would think. If you want to keep the guy in house that bad, wh- what are you thinking? It just doesn't make any fucking sense. No. I mean, after this draft, I think he looks at Gunther Kunst and says, okay, I'm out. I'm done with this shit. I feel like it's like a, a dick swinging contest between Aaron Rodgers and the GM, honestly. Um, I don't like, honestly, I don't think it's a coincidence that he said he wanted out on the exact same night that they drafted Jordan Love a year ago. All that to me is planned, calculated, petty, vindictive. I love it, but it's no coincidence. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is playing in 2021? Um, I think I said a little bit earlier, I think I would say Denver or the Giants. Now, or the Raiders. I was yo, yo, yo. Did you say the Giants? The Giants, man. I think Gettleman. I don't think the Giants really believe in Daniel Jones. Um, I think they do not want to pick up Saquon Barkley option. And I think they'll package them and maybe uh, the first round pick, a couple of first round picks, the Bears included that they got. And package him. Now, the only reason I don't think that deal will go through, I don't think the Packers want to deal him in-house in the conference. Um, but that's the one NFC team I can see having enough talent to package a deal to entice the, um, the Packers. And if I'm saying AFC, I would say – I would probably say the Broncos or the Raiders. I agree with that. I think he's looking to more go AFC, and I don't think the Packers are going to um, trade him in division, in quote. So I don't think he, he sees the NFC if he's lucky. Now, what I will say, he wants to go West Coast. It's where he grew up. It's where his like tutelage is, basically. It's like, that's where you are. That's the whole thing. Um, although, I just... To be honest, I don't think the Packers are even going to let it happen. I think it'll get to a point where they'll look at him and say, okay, either you're going to play or you're going to retire. Pick one. And I think Rodgers is so petty that he's going to fucking retire. He's not. Yeah. I don't, I don't, don't be the new Jeopardy host. Congratulations. That's your fucking legacy. <laughs> hey, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> at that point, go fuck yourself. I don't care. Let's win this division now. <laughs> I mean, who's going to compete with us? Is Jordan Love going to be the guy? Oh, Maybe I've heard reports he's horrible in practice. Horrible. Really? I've I've heard like I, I'm gonna sing you the articles when it's yeah, horrible. Like he's not they say he's quote unquote not ready. No. They say he's throwing picks left and right. He can't read the defense, um, schemes, all that. So just imagine Rogers sitting on the sideline looking at that shit and like that could have been a first round receiver that could have helped us win a fucking Super Bowl type shit, you know? Shout out Gunther Kunz. <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> Thank you, Gunther Kunz. Um, moving forward. Who is uh who's your late round where you're looking at it like after pick four, you're like, that was a steal right there. Um uh, round well, four. Like if round four and beyond, like who's your guy? Like who's someone you're like, that's the guy? Michael Carter. 
running back, North Carolina. Explosive, 5'8", about a ninety. Yeah, real little, man, but explosive, can read, um, uh, can read defenses, can read holes. Um, I love the pick. It's for the Jets. Uh, I feel like in order for Zach Wilson to really succeed, he needs like that safety blanket, safety net. And yeah. Jets don't really have a good tight end core. So I feel like he's going to be doing a lot of um, dunking uh, like Tom yeah. does. So why not? I think Carter has a very, very good chance, man, to have a great year. And he's going to be one of those picks like, wow, what did he get drafted at? Let me let me draft him in my fantasy type. So Mike, Michael Carter definitely. You? All right, you heard it here first. Maybe take Michael Carter as a late round flyer in your fantasy draft. You're a PPR guy. Boom. You know, just Boom. saying, just saying right here. You heard it here first. Um, I could see that. You know, hey, that that looks like a Tariq Cohen re-embodied. If you if you look at that, wasn't his big game like the like the game that put him on the map was against Miami? It was. I, I was watching that game at the gym. Both okay. of them, uh, his teammate was picked a little uh higher. Uh, both of mm-hmm. those guys ran both for 200 yards apiece. Absolutely shredded um, the Miami defense. And I think Miami was ranked like ninth or eighth in that game. Really? Oh, yeah. They got destroyed by that running game. That's right. Miami came in really highly ranked in 2021 or 2020, should I say. Right, right. And got They came in really highly ranked and just shit the bed. Right. And Miami, too. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Miami doesn't have whole field advantage anymore. They got rid of their field and ever than that. Ever since that, it's just been trash. Um, I I like it. I like it. I could see that. I I could really see that. Good for the Jets in that pick. You know, that's something I I'm not usually thinking about. And just to give you a side note too, uh, don't forget that the Jets' offensive coordinator now is uh Mike Lafleur, who loves that wide zone run game that they use in San Fran too. So. All those LaFleur boys running running through San Fran and now heading to other places. So they've had success. So shout out to them. Um, in my opinion, the guy who was overall in that fourth round, the best offensive talent taken is Amon Ross St. Brown, USC wide receiver. I feel as if that he really got poorly scouted. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was Pac-12 just not having a full year or whatever it was. Um, I, I, I mean, from the jump, I thought he was legit going to be a first-round draft pick watching him for almost three years. Really? Yeah, I did. I, like, there was not a doubt in my mind that that guy wasn't going to be like a juju, at least a second-round pick. But the fact that he falls to, to the fourth round, good for the Lions. I'm kind of upset I have to see this guy play against me for the next – you know, five or 10 years or whatever the hell it's going to be because he just, he jumps off the screen at you. There is shit he does that just, you know, his brothers play in the league. There's a couple other St. Browns in the league. One of them played for the Packers, nothing special, Mm -hmm. but like in quote, he is the special one. That's my opinion. He is the guy that can come out and make an immediate difference. Um. So, Looking at I just feel as if uh, he's a little small, 5'11", 197, ran a 4'5", hey. uh, in the 40-yard dash. Hey, whoever utilizes him correctly, I feel as if we'll get the most out of him. And if you want to call him 5'11", you want to call him six foot, call him whatever you want to call him. I saw this man go up 
against one-on-one defense, double team defense, like just totally just they're trying to take him away. And he comes up big at the end of the game. I don't know if anybody caught that USC against UCLA game in 2020, but he won that game for USC. Oh, look at look what a scout just said. I'm reading it now. They say he's surgical as a route runner. Yeah. Knows how to use his frame to box out opponents, shield them away from balls at the catch point. Mm. This young man is uh, is incredibly undersized, in quote, slashed oversized. Let's put it that way, if that makes any sense. He has the ability to go up and get the football at a 50-50 level for a jump ball at six foot. And maybe that doesn't translate to the next level, but he is a precise route runner. He is incredibly um, just savvy in his route running. He'll figure out a way. He made Keenan Slovis look good. And I don't know if Keenan Slovis is going to be the the guy coming out next season. I don't think anybody knows that. But then again, he was the guy that Keaton was looking for on every other play. One, so one scout said they compare him to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's five. Uh, Antonio Brown might be a little bit of a stress because Antonio Brown, when he came in the league, was more of a speedster, punt returner, this and that. In my opinion, he reminds me a lot of a Marvin Harrison. He's just a per, a precise route runner. He's gonna make sure he gets the possession catch at the end of the play and move the chains. That's your guy right here. And he'll have his touchdown catches. He'll have his stuff that jumps off the page. But he's he's just a safe pick. I feel as if that this is a guy that you will see perform day in, day out, every Sunday. And this was someone I looked at it like, damn, he fell, in my opinion. Well, I'll definitely be looking out for him next year, next season for sure. Yes, you will. Some people with 40-yard dashes and all the other bullshit. Some people are ballers. Some people are practice players. You, know? you got to remember, there's there's a difference here between, like, you know, just 40 speeds and then on the field speed. Right. You feel me? It's a difference. Yeah, you put those shoulder pads on, you go on. Yeah, it's, sure. it's ballers and then it's practice players. So you'll definitely see uh, separation. I thought he ran a 4-5. Yeah, you'll see it on the field. So we'll see. Exactly. I mean that; those are my takes. Is there anything else here that you're feeling as if we we need to 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 leave hanging for the next episode for for our listeners? No, man. I think we kind of chewed everything off the bone, especially with this draft, man. Uh, unless you want to do a preview on 2022 draft, huh? I don't know if I'm looking to go that far. <laughs> what I'm looking as if the next the next episode, I feel as if we need to go in on who's the rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. Who's the rookie of the year? Whether that's going to be Justin Fields, whether that's going to be Dr. Trevor Lawrence, whoever it's going to be. It's going to be football Jesus or it's going to be my guy coming out, you know, out here in Chicago playing big work. We'll see. But I feel as if that's the next topic of discussion in next week's episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And trust me, um, the way the offseason is going right now, we may – Scrap that and tell, talk about how Aaron Rodgers is on a new team. So there's always something popping, always something new, man, every week, every day, every second. Every second, every day. The pessimist in me makes me believe as if Aaron Rodgers ain't going nowhere. And I just don't want to see that motherfucker for the next however long it is. But time will tell. Uh, 
thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you for everybody to listen to this first episode. We're so excited to continue to bring you guys new content and new opinions and everything. Please follow us on Instagram at the Taxi Squad Podcast. All the follows are recommended. Please follow us on all platforms. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely, boss. Hey, man, love doing the show with you, man. Episode one is in the books. Many more to come. Many more to come. Looking forward to it. All right, boss, man. Take it easy. You too, dog.